Now it's on. Welcome. Good to, it's good to see everybody here this morning. And uh, you might want to, you know, say a few prayers for this morning for Rayetta. She was back there frantically working on that first song, trying to get the, the words to change up here. But it's hard to do when you have a rechargeable mouse that is dead. And uh, so it took a minute to, to get a chord and, re- and recharge it, but that's what happened. Luckily, it was an older song that, that we all knew very well, so um, we didn't really need the words on the screen. So, um, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, when something doesn't work, it just drives you nuts, doesn't it, Rayetta? <clears throat> you know, you're sitting there trying to do something, and especially with a computer. There's a difference in that we've updated some things, and there's a difference, so even though it's... Yeah, yeah. See, sometimes I'm like that, too. I sit down in a chair, and I, I, you know, sitting there for a while, I don't go up and down as well as I used to. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> uh, well, Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come right now, and uh, as we open our hearts, Lord, to you, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your word, and we want to receive everything that you have for us today. So, Lord, we ask you to bring it. We open our ears, our hearts to you, and speak to us and touch us in Jesus' name. I began a relationship with Christ when I was 21 years old, and uh, it was the summer of uh, 78, so you can do the math, yes, I'm old, Um, began a relationship with Christ, 21 years old, but I've been in church my whole life, and I mean I've been in church my whole life. I mean every single Sunday I was in church. Growing up, there was never a single Sunday where my parents ever thought, well, we're tired or we're busy, we've got this going, we've got that going, so we can't make it. We were there every single Sunday. When I was in uh, Scouts, I was in Boy Scouts, and we'd do a lot of camping trips, and my dad was involved with that a lot. Um, We would be camping over a weekend. Sunday morning, where were we? In church. Wherever we were camping, they would find, you know, he and the leaders would find a church, and we would be in church that Sunday morning, and sometimes through the week as well. So I grew up in church, and in fact, uh, not, only, not only did I grow up in church, but also up, and through, up through eighth grade, I was in a Christian school. So I've got a heavy church background there, okay? Learned a lot, was taught a lot. Some things I had to be retaught, but anyway, I learned a lot throughout that, I, that I'm grateful for that, but yet in all that time, I don't recall ever once hearing a single sermon about, nor was I, do I recall ever being taught about what we're going to talk about today, and it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit was rarely mentioned at all growing up, other than you know, maybe if we're reciting the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed or something like that, 
We, you know, we, then the Holy Spirit is mentioned, and then sometimes there's this, well, you know, disagreement, is it the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost? I mean, which one is it, you know? Which one is right, and what, you know, and all of this, and, and some people are really adamant about that, because, you know, we find all kinds of stuff to argue with, argue about. So anyway, rarely ever mentioned. So the bottom line was, I spent 21 years in the church without ever being taught about this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then one day, I found myself attending a church which Lisa had started, my wife had started attending just a short while before. I found myself attending there, and um, found myself as really a, attending is really a good way to put it because I didn't set out to start attending there. There were times when I would find myself in the car driving down to this church in Bedford because I was a student at IU at the time, and I, w- I was found myself in the car driving down the, to church in Bedford with Lisa and Cain and Marianne. Cain and Marianne were a couple that uh, went to that church, and Lisa met Marianne through uh, her work. And I had no intentions of going there, but I found myself in the car on Sunday mornings, more often than not, after a while, going down there with them, but that's, that's a whole other story. Well, fast forward a few months, and I turned my life over to Christ. I decided he could do a whole lot better of running, you know, a whole lot better job of running my life than I could do, um, because I'd messed it up pretty royally by this time. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm yours. I can't, t- I can't handle this anymore. I cannot run my life anymore. I it's yours. Whatever you say, I say yes. You just say, I'll just say yes, whatever you say. And well, it wasn't long then before I started hearing and learning about this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because this is a church that taught it. This is a church that believed it. And then one evening, Lisa and I are sitting in our apartment over at Tulip Tree Apartments, number 114, and uh, we're talking about some things that we'd been learning in that and talking about, you know, the subject of baptism and the Holy Spirit came up. And, and I thought, you know, we, we both thought, let's go for it. Let's just go for it. So, you know, we were hungry. We were thirsty for more of God. I thought, if this is something that God has for me, then I want it. You know, so, you know, we called up one of the elders of the church and asked him to come over and pray for us. His name was Norman said, Norman, you know, we've been hearing about this. We want it. Uh, would you come over and pray for us to, uh, to receive it, you know, do whatever? And, you know, honestly, he's like most of us on a, on a Friday night or whatever it was. He didn't really feel like going out, you know. He didn't really feel like he was in the house. He was comfortable, didn't really feel like going out in the evening. So, you know, he, you know he, he's talking on the phone, and he started to say, well, I can't come over right now. But what came out of his mouth was, I'll be right over. He didn't intend to say that. He told me later he didn't intend to say that, but that's what came out of his mouth. So he came over, to make a long story short, came over that evening. He, we spent some time talking, and then he prayed for us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we were. And that's what I want to talk about this morning being baptized in the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, in Scripture, it's never referred to as a noun, although we commonly do, as, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Scripture, it's always found in verb form, okay? It's it's always talked about, you know, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I, I just think that's interesting because 
we tend to focus on a one-time event, you know, have you got it? And we say, I've got it, or I don't have it, or, you know, and something that we need to realize is that we're not talking about a one-time event. We're talking about a repeatable, renewable experience with God. So, it's what we're talking about, and I want to begin reading from Mark chapter 1. So John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to meet went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around the around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Okay. I could go for the honey. I don't know about the locusts. Uh, so anyway, just before what we got going on here is just before Jesus began his public ministry, John comes, you know, or he arrives on the scene. He begins calling the Jewish people to repentance. He says, return to God. You know, return your hearts to God. Stop, you know, living your lives on your own and following all this other stuff. Return to God. And, as they, and people were doing that. And as a public demonstration of their repentance... They were being baptized in water, okay? So publicly demonstrating, I'm repenting. In other words, I'm returning to God. I'm turning toward God and away from the way I was living. And as he baptized them, he had this message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So John was baptizing the people in water. He said, someone else is coming after me, and that person is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. Of course, he's speaking about Jesus there. So let's talk about this for a minute. First of all, what is this baptism of the Holy Spirit? First of all, I want us to realize that it's not something that John the Baptist just came up with. Okay, he, he, it, it wasn't all John the Baptist. Jesus also spoke of it. So, you know, it's, it's not just one person. You see, between the, his, his um, uh, resurrection when he ascended to heaven and the, there was a 40-day period where Jesus would meet with his disciples and talk about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion during this time, he was eating with them and he told them this. He says, don't leave Jerusalem and this is in Acts 1, Don't, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as he told you before. And he's referring here to John chapter 14, where you know Jesus said that the Father would send the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we've got John talking about it, and then later we have Jesus talking about it. Now, what does it mean? The word baptize means to immerse, to plunge, or to submerge. To immerse, to plunge, or to submerge. How many are old enough that you have ever made a tie-dye t-shirt? Hold your hands up high. We want to see. Okay, tie-dye t-shirt. I mean, and they, you know, actually, to be fair, just so you don't feel really old, 
Um, it wasn't just in the 60s and the 70s. They've kind of made a comeback, a resurgence a few times over the years. I've seen some recently. But when you, how do you make a tie-dye shirt? You tie this the T-shirt, you tie it up in knots, and what do you do with it? Do you just spray it with a can of spray paint? No, you take it and you submerge it into a bucket or a bowl of dye. Okay, you just, you, you totally submerge it under there. In a sense, you could say you're baptizing that shirt. I mean, in the sense of you're, you're dipping it in, you're, you're submerging it, you're plunging it under the dye. And that's the, the word that's used here. The word baptize was used for, for a, when somebody would dye a piece of cloth, dye a piece of clothing, that they would submerge it. You're immersing it in the dye. And when you do that, something happens to the cloth. It changes. The cloth changes. The dye gets into every fiber, every fabric of that shirt. And when it's tied up in knots, as we often are, it still gets in there. You see it heavier in one area and more change in one area. But, but, but it affects every single uh, uh, inch of that fabric. When Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, you are immersed in the Holy Spirit, and you're changed. Your life is different. When you're submerged in water, the water just covers every bit. That's, you know, when we baptize people, we roll the tank out here, and we just totally submerge them in water. Every inch of them is wet. When you're submerged in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit touches and affects every area of your life. Something happens. Some areas more than others, but something happens. And you now have at your disposal a source of power that you didn't have before. And that's why Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came and they were baptized in the Spirit because then they would, would receive power. See, Jesus knew they had something to do. They had a mission to accomplish. They had something that he wanted them to do, and he knew that they were going to need power to do it, just like you and I need power to do what God has given us to do. And, you know, the wonderful thing is here, it's, it's not just for some people. It wasn't just for the disciples on that, you know, in Acts chapter 2. It wasn't just for the disciples in that upper room. It wasn't just for this group. It wasn't just for that group. It's not for these special people or these special people over here. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And, and you know, um, and, and, and as we said, it's something that we can experience over and over. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, we see the initial, you know, the church was, the, the disciples were gathered in the upper room and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 4, if you turn to that, there's another group and probably many of the same people, but also some more people. And, it, and uh, this was after Peter and John were, uh, uh, they were tossed in, in, in jail and they were threatened in that and about teaching in Jesus' name. And, uh, and, and preaching the name of Jesus. They're released. They go to the church, and the church is praying, and the church prays and says, Now, Lord, hear their threats. So they say they'd been threatened not to, to teach in Jesus' name. said, Hear their threats. Give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. Many miraculous, may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then it says in verse 31, after this prayer, 
the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. That word filled there is the same word that's used in Acts chapter 2. It's the same thing. It's the same experience. It's repeated. There's that initial filling or baptism, and then there are repeated occurrences available to us. And, you know, Jesus wants to baptize each one of us in his Holy Spirit. It's not just for this group. It's not just for that group. It wasn't just for the people in the Bible. It's for every one of us. So how do I receive it? Let's start with John chapter 7. Starting in verse 37, on the last day, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. First question we need to ask ourselves is this. Am I thirsty? Am I thirsty? It's a legitimate question. And we have to decide, each one for ourselves, am I thirsty? See, some people are comfortable staying where they are in their relationship with God. Oh, they know they've been forgiven, been cleansed of their sins. They've been forgiven. They know they're, you know, they're confident that, that because of uh, Jesus died on the cross and, and, and paid the price for their sins, that, that um, uh, they're going to heaven and you know, life is going okay maybe, and they're just kind of comfortable with the things, way, way things are. They're happy with status quo. For them, it's, you know, it's all about knowing they're going to heaven someday, enjoying God's blessings in the meantime, and, and you know, maybe some self-improvement tossed in along the way, becoming a better person and all that. But then there's this other group that is, there are people who aren't happy with the status quo. They're not interested in staying where they are. They want to grow. They want to grow in the things of God. They want to go higher. They want more. And they, want, they have an attitude of, uh, of, I want everything that God has for me. Everything that he has for me. There's a deep growing hunger and thirst for more and more of God. If God has something for them, then they want it. You know, if, if, if God can use them, they enthusiastically say, yes, whatever it is, use me, in spite of their fears, in spite of their feelings of inadequacy. They're not afraid to risk it. They want God to use them. They want everything that, that he has for them. There's a constant thirst for more, and that's what Jesus looks for. You know, Paul, when he said in Ephesians 5.18, 5, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we said last week, that be filled with the Holy Spirit is, a, is, is be being filled, be in a constant state of being filled. In other words, stay thirsty, my friends, and be filled. Yeah, some of you snickering, I know what you're watching on TV, yeah. <laughs> Stay thirsty, my friends, okay? That's, that's what he's saying. He's saying, you know, be in a constant state for the Holy Spirit to, to fill you continually as you go through your day, as you go through life. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, he, he said, be filled, and Jesus said, whoever. See, this is the thing. It's not just spiritual people that God is looking for. 
It's not just gifted people or educated people or people who have no problems. I've yet to meet one yet. Some that think they don't, but anyway. It's thirsty people. It's thirsty people from every socioeconomic status and walk of life. From every possible background, no matter what their story is to this point. The qualification is they're thirsty. They want more of God. They want to know Him more. They want His presence more. It's like they can't get enough of them. So, you know, this thirst for more of God. If you want to be baptized, if you want Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, then come to Him thirsty. And come with an open heart. Come with an open heart. Open to whatever He wants to do with you, whatever He wants to do to you, whatever He wants to do through you. Come with an open heart. And that means to come with an attitude of surrender. Attitude of surrender. Surrendering yourself, yielding yourself to Him. See, powerful encounters with God are usually preceded by a surrender and a longing for God. So open your heart fully to the Holy Spirit. You know, worship. You know, sing songs to Him. You know, to, and, and you know, offer yourself to the Lord. You know, maybe have somebody pray for you. You know, what we did that, that night so many years ago is, you know, if we had somebody come over and, we, and, and prayed for us, it doesn't have to happen that way. But it can. So, you know, what, what happens then when I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit? Here's, here's the thing. The experience doesn't look the same every time. Same thing doesn't happen the same way with every person. Let's take a look at this. In Acts chapter 2, we're all familiar with that story. The disciples are gathered in their upper room, and there's the sound of a rushing mighty wind and what appears to be tongues of fire settling down and resting on them, and they all spoke in tongues. The classic charismatic Pentecostal baptism Holy Spirit experience right there. Okay, then... Then we have this account in Acts chapter 8. Let's look at that, starting in verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. And they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, this time, we see the laying out of hands. We see the apostles lay hands on them. We didn't see that in Acts chapter 2. Nobody laid hands on them. We didn't see that, you know, but we see it here. Also, in this account, there's no mention of speaking in tongues. It may have happened. We don't know from what the Scripture says. See, some believe it did because something apparently happened to let them know that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, something which prompted this guy named Simon the Sorcerer who saw what happened, he prompted him to, to you know, uh, uh, offer to buy the power to be able to do whatever it was that the apostles uh, uh, did. So something was happened. So some speculate, well, because tongues were mentioned the first time, then we can assume, and 
you know, might not be a fair assumption, or, or, or might be a fair assumption to make, but we're just not told that. So, there, but, you know, so, you know, we, we see that in Acts 2, we don't see that necessarily in Acts chapter 8. Then move on to Acts 10. Even as Peter was saying these things, starting in verse 44, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, they had heard, for they had heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Now, in this passage, Peter is preaching to those gathered. He's speaking to those gathered in Cornelius' home. If you'll recall, Cornelius was a Gentile, and he had an angel appear to him and said, go send to uh, 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 Joppa and get uh, uh, Simon, this guy named Simon Peter and bring him here. He's got some things to share for you. Meanwhile, Peter is there, and he's in a trance in, uh, over in Joppa. He's on a rooftop, and he's in a trance, and he sees this vision. Actually, he sees the same vision three times. And long story short, the, the, the thing with this vision is God was telling Peter, look, somebody's going to come and, and uh, ask for you to come and go to their house. Um, don't hesitate go to, to go with them, uh, even though they're Gentiles, even though they're not, they're, they're not Jewish. They're, they're Gentiles. Cornelius was a Roman Gentile. So don't be afraid to go with them, you know, cause, and, and it's because the gospel is for all people. There's not one special people that have a corner on God's truth. The gospel is for all people, and that's the way it has been ever since God's plan from the beginning. Okay? It wasn't just all of a sudden Gentiles were allowed, and Gentiles were allowed in much before that. Even in the Old Testament, if they came in faith, they could have been included in the family of God. So Peter goes to Cornelius' house, and he, you know, and, and he says, okay, here I am. What do you want? Okay, I was sent to, to talk, to send for you because I was told you had a message for me. Okay, so, you know, Peter starts preaching to them. He starts talking to them. And while he's talking, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And they all started praising God and speaking in tongues. So here we have, there, you know, there's no laying on of hands, but there is speaking in tongues. And all that to say that it doesn't happen the same way every time. In fact, this time it just interrupted Paul, uh, Peter's speaking. It's like he says, okay, Peter, hush, boom. Just, just interrupted things. In Acts chapter 8, people were expecting it. That's why they laid hands on them and prayed, and God responded by baptizing them in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it happens that way. In Acts 2 and Acts chapter 10, it happens suddenly, unexpectedly. Sometimes it happens that way. You just don't, we, we, we don't know. Remember, the Holy Spirit, we said uh, previously, the Holy Spirit is like the wind which blows wherever it wants. The Holy Spirit moves wherever and however and whenever He wants. Our part is just to come to God and ask. Our part is to ask Jesus to baptize you or to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. How and when and where, that's all up to him. I mean, he's God. He's sovereign. That's all up to him. 
Now, some groups say that everyone receives a prayer language or tongues when the Spirit fills us. Um, in the vineyard, we believe that you know, while tongues is a wonderful gift that God gives us, and it's what many experience, but yet there are many ways we can know that we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. There can be an overflow of joy, of love, of worship, a sense of mission, a boldness, in a, and, and you know, to, to, to speak and to talk to people about Jesus. It's not just one thing. You know, so often we focus on one thing. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit is a gift that God gives us. And it's for everyone that wants it. It's for all of us. It's a gift of empowering. It's a gift of empowering. Through baptizing you with the Holy Spirit, God empowers you for His use. And, and you know, it's the same empowerment that Jesus walked in during His ministry on earth. We've said it before. The ministry He did was not out of His own power as the Son of God. He laid aside his right to independently use that. He operated solely on the power of the Holy Spirit and the instruction of what the Father told him to do. The Father told him to do something, then he would do it, and the Holy Spirit empowered him to do it. It's the same Holy Spirit that works in us and through us. That's why Jesus could tell his disciples, you know, and, and the church following in ages, you know, to go on and says, you're going to do these same things that I did. And not only that, you're going to even do greater things. It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's a gift of, of empowering. Often there's a release of the gifts of the Spirit that are listed in, we list them in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to talk more about that next week, more about the gifts. But often there's a release of the gifts of the Spirit. There's a, there's a release of boldness in our lives. There's an empowering. With the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes the empowering of the Holy Spirit. But it's also a gift of experiencing. It's a gift of experiencing. It's a gift of experiencing God. See, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we experience the power and the presence of God. We don't live our lives based on an experience, but at the same time, experiences are very important part of our lives. There are some that believe that, that our faith in Christ should be all intellectually based, that it's all about knowledge that you learn and, and you know, experience shouldn't come into it. I, I, I don't buy that. Experience is an important part of our lives. And in fact, the Apostle John starts his first epistle by stating that he's writing about what he's experienced. And 1 John 1.1 says, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we heard, whom we've seen. We saw him with our own eyes. We touched him with our own hands. He's the word of life. In other words, he's saying we experienced. We're telling you what we experienced. We saw him. We heard him. We've touched him. He experienced him in his life. Our experiences are a very important part of our story. And when Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, we experience His presence and His power. So the question is this. 
do you want to experience him? Do you want more of God? Do you want everything he has for you? Or are you with, happy with things the way they are? I know a number of you have been or have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some of you it's totally new for. Never heard about it before. Like I said, I grew up 21 years in the church without ever hearing once about it. And when I did hear about it, I thought, what in the world? I went through my time where I thought, eh, it's a little bit loony sounding to me. But then I realized it was something that God had for me, and I didn't want to go another day without it. So we called up that elder and said, come over. It's all we knew to do. Come over and pray for us because we want this. And he came. And God met us there. Apartment 114, Tulip Tree Apartments, Bloomington, Indiana. Met us there that evening. And we were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know other people who have prayed and asked and prayed and asked. And then out of the blue one time, Holy Spirit just poured out on them when they least expect it. Doesn't happen the same way every time. Let's do this. I want our worship team to come on back up.